Hey, it's Big Skinny. Hope everything is going well for you today. And I tell you what, we've got a great show lined up for you on the Podcheck Presents Casual Conversations with Big Skinny. Today, we've got Mr. Danny Whitman. And I tell you what, you want to check out his podcast, Secret Stories from the Underground with Danny Whitman and Dean Whitman. This man is a very talented dude, man. He is a stand-up comedian as well as a hard rock musician. He's got pretty much all of his bases covered. And it's all going to be coming your way next on the Podcheck Presents Casual conversations with Big Skinny, so stick around. It's Big Skinny with you, and we are here again once more for the Podcheck Presents Casual Conversations with Big Skinny. And, uh, you know, we travel the globe far and wide to find interesting people. And uh, I tell you what, we're, we're reaching all the way up to Michigan today with my big old giant hand, Michigan, reaching up to Michigan today to bring you a uh, comedian extraordinaire, uh, band member, uh, the band D&D out of, out of Michigan, uh, the Danny, Danny the Man Whitman. How you doing, sir? All right, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing Thanks great, man. Me. You bet. How's how's everything in, in Michigan? Where are you from in Michigan, sir? Uh, the northern part from uh, Roscommon. So nobody's ever heard of us, you know, or heard of the area anyway. About an hour uh, south of Mackinac City. So um, just barely, almost to the peninsula, you know. So, so you're almost into Canada then, huh? Uh, about Probably about three-hour drive. So still a little ways, but pretty close. So, so are you a lifelong Michigan resident? Yeah. You've been, there, you've been there your whole life? Pretty much. Lived in Nebraska for a while, but yeah. So one of the interesting things that, that we have in common, me and you, Danny, is we are both podcasters. And I uh, wanted to talk to you today about your podcast, uh, a little bit about your music, and uh, I want to talk about your comedy. I know that you are a comedian. And uh, how, how is that working out as far as being a comedian right now with the, the state of everything with the pandemic? Well, I'll say thank God for podcasts because it's about the only way that I've been able to keep my name going in the comedy world. I've gotten lucky. I've been able to do a podcast with like Bob Saget and a few other, you know, regional comedians. And, you know, they've done my podcasts. And if it wasn't for podcasts right now, the business would be pretty bad because, there's no live shows. I'm getting ready to go back to doing live shows uh, around the end of April, hopefully if everything pans out right. But um, I, I didn't jump on any of the Zoom comedy shows. That was kind of a thing for a while where people are trying to do Zoom shows. And without the laughter, I just can't get into it. You know, I got to have a crowd in front of me and people actually laughing, you know. You can't make your own your own laugh track. You know, every time you do a joke, just kind of hit it, you know, make it sound like people are clapping. <laughs> I probably could, but I'll be honest. I hate sports right now because that's what they're doing. You know, yeah. it's just a whole laughing crowd track, and it's hard to get into anything, man. I'm a, I'm a huge baseball fan, but last year I lost interest in baseball because you took the crowd out. And, you know, just it's funny how much a crowd really, uh, you know, plays into the interaction of you sitting down watching something, a sports game or you know, a comedy, whatever. You know, it just you can't do it without the crowd. Yes, sir. So how did you get started in comedy? I mean, who was telling you that, hey, you're funny, you need to do this? I got a, a dude named Bill Queen that lives here. He's a pretty good regional comedian. Uh, I was a musician, just strictly musician at the time. 
he was hosting a roast battle. And uh, basically, it's where you would get on stage with another person, make fun of the other person. They make fun of you. And whoever has the best jokes wins. He told me that he thought I would be good at this. So I tried it. I, I wrote six jokes for the roast. I won. And I beat an actual comedian. So, you know, after the show, he's like, you're pretty good at this. Why don't you give it a try? And uh, I went to an open mic. I bombed terribly. It wasn't the same as doing the roast thing, but I picked myself back up, wrote some new jokes, came back and, you know, got better each time. The biggest thing is the difference between, you know, when you play in a band, you have three to four other dudes on stage with you. So when you're bombing, you feel like you have somebody there that's bombing with you. Yeah, it comes. It's like, going down with, it's, like, it's like going down with the ship, man, with the band. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. It's nice because you at least have somebody else there that's feeling the pain, you know, like, oh, this sucks. When you're up there by yourself doing comedy, you know that it sucks. Everybody in the crowd knows that it sucks, but you don't know what to do. You can't look to your left or your right and be like, hey, we're not having a good night tonight, right? It's all you. And what was the worst experience you had as a comedian as far as like you felt like, oh, my God, I just bombed. This was like the, this is the worst and I can't get out of here fast enough. Um, I would say uh, probably about two years ago, me and one of my comedian buddies, we hosted a rock show, which I should have fit right into this. It was a heavy metal show. It was with a bunch of bands that I've worked with. My band has worked with and stuff. Um, so we went, we were doing, uh, in between MC work and, uh, one of my buddies, he was making fun of, um, people who, who have, uh, are left-handed, you know, that was the premise of the joke was people that were left-handed. Well, the guy in the crowd, all he heard was left and he started just screaming political stuff, like, you know, just ranting off the top of his lungs and. That was probably the worst experience I've ever had because the dude like tried to get on the stage and like make a big deal wow. out of it. He totally missed the premise. Like we're just making fun of people that use their left hand and he went political with it and, wow. you know, told us to suck, you know, and everything else. And it, that was probably the worst experience I've ever had because that's the only time I've ever wanted to punch anybody out while I'm on stage. So, yeah. You know, and that's another thing with the political climate to, in these days. How hard is it to be a comedian where you don't step on somebody's toes or say something that's going to offend somebody? Because it seems like everything you say offends somebody. That's kind of where I'm at with things is, you know, what? I, I don't care if I offend you. I don't. At the end of the day, it's so hard to keep track. You know, I, I care about people's feelings. But when you care about people's feelings too much, it will hinder you in this business because you got to have a certain attitude where, you know, oh, you got offended, get over it, you know? And um, as far as the political stuff goes, I, uh, I try to stay away from politics. I really do. Like, you know, I didn't make fun of Trump. I don't have any Biden material, you know, maybe one day I'll write something along them lines, but I do try to stay away from politics yeah. because you do split the room right in half. You know, yeah. and that's something when I was growing up, uh, it was always common knowledge. Two things you stayed away from was politics and religion. That's two things you didn't talk about. And so anytime yeah. you got into those conversations, it would get heated because, you know, you don't always see eye to eye. Personally, I don't care. You know, I, I think everybody should be able to believe whatever they want to believe. It has no effect on me. My belief has no effect on you. And in the end, what does politics do for each of us anyway? Is it changing my life any better in a better way or a worse way? No, it's up to me as a person 
to, to change my life and to make my life better. I don't, I can't depend on the president or whoever to make my life better. That's up to me. I agree. I agree with that hundred percent, man. I don't care whether we have a Democrat in office or Republican in office. The way that I look at it is it's always us versus them. It doesn't matter, you know, because that's right. The government's the first one to screw you over. You know, I mean, yeah. And they're, and they're working for us. Apparently, man, if I had, if I was that kind of employee, I wouldn't have a job very long. You know what I'm saying? Uh, (laughs) But apparently we've, we've lost that conception, but anyway, so you're, you're, uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic and you guys are a band and are you touring right now? Nope. Nope. Uh, we might be back to doing some local shows and regional shows maybe in about two months. We're, we, we're waiting for the vaccine. Uh, be honest, we're waiting for the vaccine to come out. We have a couple of guys in our band that do have some health issues. Um, so we've kind of tried to put it on the back burner for them because they're a little uncomfortable with trying to go out and do things. So it, it's, it's been a game of everybody needs to be a little understanding it. You know, we're all itching to get back out, but you know, we'll get there when it's time. <laughs> I'm just, I think that ought to be a name for a band that waiting for the vaccine or at least the name of an album. I think that'd make a great name for a band. Yeah. So tell everybody what kind of music you guys play. We are a mix, honestly. Uh, Some people consider us heavy metal, hard rock. I consider us a good mix of hard rock, metal, and grunge. Uh, If there was three genres, I would say we're a mix of everything right there. I hate pigeonholing you, but who would you compare your music to if you had to, if you had to say to to, to a listener, if they're trying to figure out what you sound like, what would you say you closely what would you relate your music to? Uh, probably like Deftones, Corn, uh, somewhere okay. in that. Uh, my, mo- my mom thinks I sound like Joe Cocker, which is a great, you know, thing, All right, I, don't, I don't hear it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. He had some great stuff back in the day. Oh, definitely. I was a big fan. That's awesome, man. And how old, how old are you, Danny? 32. 32. You're still young, man. You got, I got, got about 20, almost 25 years on you. And uh, man, I tell you what, we've we're, we're one of the cool things about music is if you're if you keep your mind open, you experience some great music all throughout your life. A lot of people they get to a certain age and they kind of close off and they're like, ah, I really don't like the music of today. I don't, you know, blah blah blah, you know. But if you if you keep your mind open, you can find some really good artists along the way of your life, man. I think that's your soundtrack. So it's I, always. I agree. I agree with that definitely. I find myself the older that I get. I'm definitely more open-minded with listening to new styles of music and even going back to musicians that I didn't like when I was a kid or whatever. And now I find there, there is stuff in them catalogs that are good that I, I do like as an older person, you know? Yeah. And it's what's, what's really cool to think about is you think about even these artists that maybe you didn't care for much. Those, those artists influenced somebody that influenced somebody that influenced somebody that eventually made its way up to you that influence your music, you know? So everybody touches somebody in that way when it comes to music. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I, I try to remember that, um, you know, because everybody's so quick to judge, you know, and say, Oh, that's crap. That's not my style. But what you did say is a hundred percent true. That will go and influence somebody 10 years from now to pick up a guitar or write a song. And that that's what keeps music going is just yep. a constant influence. Yeah, and that's what that's what keeps radio alive is that constant influence. You know, I, we all have our favorite artists that we grew up listening to, and maybe some that were obscure that nobody knew about. But 
you know, there's a lot of people that, especially a lot of these famous artists, they can tell you somebody obscure they listened to growing up that influenced them to write this song or that song or put this put this album together. And you and then that that influences somebody else down the road. And then that person is a big band and they get together. And they, I mean, it's just it's amazing looking back at how it all started. You know, blues wouldn't have that big of influence, but you know that influenced the whole sector of music with that soul or you know that 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 early uh, blues music and then that went into soul music and soul music has gone on to this and i mean it's just everything it's got a, a base it's got a it's got an origin of something man so that's kind of cool i love the blues man i wish uh it, it's kind of funny it seems like blues music has gone like less mainstream but there's some really good blues musicians out there that should be blowing up you know have you ever been to memphis tennessee I have, man. That is like one cool venue out there. I mean, we, me and my wife, we was out there about I don't know four or five years ago, and just a really cool Bill Street in that area. Up, uh, man, some really great history there. Some great music coming out of those clubs out that way. Just a great, great place to go. And it's like stepping yeah. into the past. That that's what I liked about Nashville too. Nashville is another cool town. Even though I'm not a country fan, you go there. There's just tons of history. You know they. You know, even though I'm not a country music fan, it's cool to roll up and see, you know, uh, yeah. you know, Reba McIntyre's house and all these people, you know, Johnny Cash's old place, you know, stuff like that. There, there's that history there that you won't ever take away from that city. That's right. And you had Hank Williams on this stage, you know, stuff like that. It's just amazing. You know, you I was I'm in a place that, you know, Hank Williams Sr. was at, you know, back in the day. It's 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 cool. So how do, how do we how do we roll all that 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 com- oh, for, let me ask something else before I forget because I think this is pretty interesting. But as a comedian, when you go to family functions or you go to any kind of events with friends, do they just expect you to be funny because you said, "Hey, I'm a comedian"? Do they expect you to just come out with funny stuff? Hey, tell us something funny, Danny. Here's the thing: is honestly, uh, when I'm with my family, that is kind. Of, it's like doing stand up. It really is because I judge what my family think is funny. That's what I go with. You know, if, if I can, if I can make a little one liner that makes my whole family laugh, cause they hear my crap all the time. So if I can still make them laugh, chances are I take that to a club or a venue. It's going to make somebody else laugh. So how do you do that? When you come up with something funny, you just write it down real quick. So you don't forget. Yeah, honestly, I, I mainly keep stuff in my mind, but yeah, now, I, now that I finally busted down and got a computer, you know, I, I write notes in there most of the time, or I used to send myself a message through Facebook or something like that. But a lot of it, I just try to keep in my head, which the older I get, the harder that becomes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have that. I do that too. Every once in a while I'll tell my wife something and she'll just crack up. And that's one of the things that I think when we first got together was kind of cool is the first couple of dates we had, she lived in an apartment. We would stand outside in her parking lot of her apartment. I would just have her rolling. You know, and I, I'm like, man, I wish I'd have wrote that stuff down. That might have been some good material. But every once in a while, I'll say something that'll crack her up because I have a very sarcastic sense of humor, man. I'll see something, I'll, you know, and I'll say something to her and she'll be like, just rolling. And I'm like, man, I should have wrote that down. That was funny. But uh, that that's kind of the way it is, man. You know, growing up, uh, you know, I got picked on in school and stuff. And comedy was my way out of that, man, is, you know what? If I could turn around and make myself the joke, it was easier to deal with that than somebody else putting me down hurtful. Yeah. So, you know, I, I learned at a very young age how to turn things around and, you know, how to make myself part of the joke in a way that I felt comfortable with instead of, a you know, an insulting way. And it, it just kind of grew from that. Yeah, there you go, man. It's like we could write a book called Comedies and Wedgies. 
Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, I, I was the I was the fat kid that everybody wanted to pick on until I lost uh, my temper. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I was about I, I weighed all of about 120 pounds my my junior my senior year in high school. I'm at, I'm at uh, about 320 right now, about six four. But I was scrawny back in high school, man. Swirlies, wedgies. That was you know that was a lifestyle. Uh, but uh, you know that's. I think I'll, I think all that right there done was make me the person that I am. You know, it, it just, I think that formulates and, and contributes to who you become in life. And then your determination to succeed, because you're like, you got this chip on your shoulder. You're like, ah, I'm going to prove all these suckers wrong, man. I'm going to make something of myself. Definitely. You know, so, yeah. what's great about it now is a lot of the people that did make fun of me in high school, they all want to be friends. So, you yeah. know, that's, that's the great part is they come back around and they're like, Oh, you don't suck at life. You know? Yeah. You're famous, man. Will you be my friend? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Huh. Let me give you a swirly or a wedgie real quick. Well, I tell you, it's funny because I, <laughs> I tell you what's funny for me, man. I tell you, cause I told you I was scrawny, you know, so I got picked on a little bit in high school. And, uh, what was cool was whenever I, I go back to meet people that I, that I went to high school with, they see me and they're like, Oh my God, man. You know, you don't hold a grudge, do you? <laughs> that, that's when you know that you turned into something that is very intimidating. You know, yeah. <laughs> when somebody brings that up, yeah, that's kind of nice, man. That's uh, kind of a good reaction. I had two older brothers, and my oldest brother, um, he he was a pretty big man, and uh, he used to torment the crap out of me when I was a kid. And so he taught me how to be tough. You know, he taught me how to, you know, because he he would he would rough me up pretty good. You know, just playing around. But uh, I'll, you know, he passed away when I was seventeen, so I never really got a chance to 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 be in the same life with him as as big as I am now. I th and that's what I tell my other older brother, because they were both, you know, they were both like always constantly trying to torment us and make our life a little more miserable than it needed to be just because they were older. But I said, I think I'd give him a run for his money today. <laughs> I'm the youngest of five. So oh, I feel you. Geez. But my, my, my brother, my oldest brother, you know, he was one of those guys that would sit on top of me and, you know, give me noogies and that kind of stuff. The one that's still alive. And, uh, you know, today he's like, I won't tangle with you unless I have a two before, you know, that's kind of way he is now. He's about five or six years older than I am, but he won't, he won't yeah. mess with me. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, man, how life goes. My, my oldest brother is about your age and, uh, he, he's a big boy, you know, but, uh, we, we had a little tussle a few years ago and he looked at me, he's like, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. Like you're, you're too big for me to fight. You know? <laughs> oh, now that I grew up, you don't want to fight. I see. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's always funny how that works. All right. So tell us a little bit about your podcast and how you got into podcasting. Um, it's called Secret Stories from the Underground. Basically, I sit down with musicians, comedians, podcasters, and, and we just, you know, talk like we are right now. I, I ask a few general questions about, you know, how they got in the business, you know, influences, stuff like that. But mainly it's just, you know, about life and what it takes to do this. You know, a lot of people don't understand what kind of dedication it takes to be an entertainer, no matter what side of it you're in between comedy, music, and even podcasting. You know, they, a lot of people just think this stuff comes, you know, you write a song or you write a joke and they don't really get the, the grind, you know, the miles that you travel, stuff like that. And that's kind of what my show puts a spotlight on is people that are out there busting their butt to get where, where they need to be. And, uh, you know, trying to make a, a big shot at it, you know, and so far it's been great. I have listeners all around the world. I have, uh, listeners in Pakistan, places I've never been. So it's really cool to look at, you know, where your audience is from and be like, wow, that's, 
you know, we're, we're hitting somewhere with it, you know? And so does your comedy lose a little bit of its translation? If it has to go over to Pakistan, does it lose a little bit in translation? I would think it loses everything, but you know, <laughs> as long uh, as would, they're listening, I don't care. But yeah, honestly, but, I don't, I don't think they know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't care if you understand me or not. Just laugh. Right. <laughs> I'm right. I think I'm, he looks funny. I, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> laughter is a universal language so that's right that's right man and i love comedy man i've been a big fan of comedy my whole life you know uh every day i look in the mirror man i get a big dose of it but you know i love comedy it's 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 what makes america other than music you know it's one of the things that that uh can put you can put your make your day uh just put you in a better mood for your day you know if you listen to something funny on the way to work kind of de-stress you or whatever that's kind of cool man I, I would say I have the best of both worlds because on the music side of things, I can get my emotions out and the things that are bothering me. And then on the comedy end of things, whenever I need to laugh, I, I just surround myself with fellow comedians, go to a show normally. And, you know, I get best of both worlds. I can get the emotion out and then I can get my laughter out at the same time. So do you ever write a song that's like a parody of some sort, you know, like a comedy song? Have you done that as a, as nope. a band member? No, nope, never wrote would, a comedy song. That would be the best of both worlds right there. It'd be like a, a new a new world's uh, Al Yankovic, man, but doing your own thing. Yeah. That'd be kind of a cool genre. I, I, I was a weird Al fan. Nobody's done that that I know of. You know, maybe they have. I'm just not aware of them, but that'd be kind of cool, you know, creating your own genre of music, you know, your comedy music, you know, death metal, the death metal comedy, you, whatever you want to call it. Are you a Jack Black fan? Oh yeah, Jack Black's hilarious, man. He's kind of got that thing. Yeah, I guess he, he he would fall into that. Yeah. Yeah, the Tenacious D. The, I, I'm a big Tenacious D fan. So yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty awesome, man. Uh, you know, that's greatness, man. Uh, I'm I'm so how, tell how people how they can find your podcast. What's your podcast called? Uh, Secret Stories from the Underground. It, the main platform is on Anchor FM, but we're on Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere that you can get a podcast or uh, that streams podcasts, all the big sites, pretty much on all of them. So it's just up to what you find convenient. You can find me a bunch of different ways. We don't have anything on YouTube, uh, but maybe one day I'll put something out there, start doing a YouTube show. That'd be awesome. And where can they find your music? Uh, Spotify, um, iTunes, um, pretty much anywhere where that you can buy music as well. Uh, we, we got, we got pretty much put on every big site for this. Um, so you can go buy a song on iTunes. You can buy the whole album. I'd appreciate if you buy the whole album. Cause my kids are getting tired of eating, you know, snacks. <laughs> we need some food in the house. So, so buy the album. <laughs> yeah i don't know man I, I could live off of like those munchos you ever had those munchos those salty s- snack chips or like just like a pillow of potatoes i don't know those yes. are like the best I, I could make it i could make a meal off of those that and pringles uh there we go man but brother it's, it's yeah. been great having having you on today thank you for sitting in with us and uh we'll be looking for you on uh your your podcast um like i said it's been a great one today man thanks for for joining us today here in fort worth texas I- I appreciate you, man. I, I, I had a blast. So I'll be back anytime you want me to. All righty. It's been fun. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is Big Skinny. You've been listening to the Podcheck Presents Casual Conversations with Big Skinny. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy. Hey, we'll see you.